Well, there's a state legislator that I have to meet. Uh, his name is Jerry Serino of Kirtland, Ohio. Kirtland is on the east side of Cleveland. Beautiful, beautiful suburb uh, of Cleveland. I have some really good friends out there. A gorgeous golf course out there. Uh, Mr. Serino has proposed a bill, Senate Bill 83. It is called the Ohio Higher Education Enhancement Act, which would overhaul campus life at Ohio's 14 public universities and 23 colleges. What would it do? It would take aim at bias. It would end diversity training mandates. It would ban all educational partnerships with Chinese universities. And as if liberals' heads have not exploded yet, it would also mandate American history courses at all universities. Oh, they'd also have to put their course syllabus and other things online so everyone could see them. Now... I'm interested in the objection to this bill, if there will be any. Uh, I'm sure there will be because uh, teachers' unions do not like anyone telling them what they should teach. Oh, one other thing. Professors could not strike during contract negotiations. I mean, they're a public sector union. Why should they be able to strike? They, I, I, I think this is idiotic that police unions and fire unions, and I think you know by now I'm a big supporter of these unions, I do not think they should be able to strike. Public employee unions should not be able to strike. They reach deals with basically us as taxpayers, but they serve us and protect us. So no, I don't think they should be able to strike. Okay. Banning academic relationships between institutions in Ohio and China. Well, you say, well, how big of a problem is that right now? Well... Uh, Ohio State, in 2022, disclosed in its China Gateway report. Now, do they put out a China Gateway report if they have only one affiliation with China? I don't think so. Uh, They have partnered with Wuhan University in 2022. In 2022. I just got to say that again. In 2022, they partnered with Wuhan University. Occasionally in life, you'll have something cross your path. And uh, for instance, the other day when the guy uh, who was bit by his pet zebra and it turns out he's not going to lose his arm. Good for him. But the zebra did serious damage to his arm, right? If somebody came up to you and said, hey, I got a great deal on a zebra. Would you like to buy a zebra? Would you like to have a pet zebra? Like that's something that would come across your plate and you would go, "Mm, no, it sounds sounds like a bad idea. That would be the alarm bell going off in your head where you have knowledge of a previous event, zebra attack. You're envisioning in your head owning a zebra and you're like, nah, I'm connecting like zebra attack, me owning a zebra. I don't want to be part of a zebra attack. So I'll say no on the pet zebra. Thank you though. See, that's your cognitive awareness working. At Ohio State in 2022, when the agreement with Wuhan University came up, the cognitive connections didn't fire. And they were like, Wuhan University? Sure. What's the worst thing that could happen? So they have an agreement with Wuhan University. And 
They also have an agreement with the Shanghai Pulmonary Hospital as a potential future partner with the James Cancer Hospital. Let's see. How many million dollars have been given to the James Cancer Hospital to eradicate cancer from this earth? I want every summer in Pelotonia there. Everybody in town's hitting you up for a donation to Pelotonia. And they spend like $20 million on Pelotonia and they get like $20 million in donations. And then they say every dollar, they lie to you and they tell you every dollar goes to cancer research. Well, every dollar that you give to the bikers, but not every corporate dollar that's spent all the signage and security and all that. But China, here again, a failure of logical connections firing on the Ohio State campus. Hey, we're doing great work on cancer. We're getting really close to a cure cure on cancer. And we don't want anybody else in America to, like, figure out any other cancer hospital in America to get the credit for what we're doing here at the James Cancer Hospital. But it really would be nice if we had a research partner. So I know. Let's partner with a hospital in China because heaven knows they've never steal intellectual property in China on something as insignificant as curing cancer. What's the worst thing that could happen? Man. Starting in, I'm back to the bill now. Starting in 26, 27 academic year, college students would have to pass an American government or American history class to graduate. Is that still in vogue in Ohio high schools? It used to be when I went to school. You had, to, you had to pass, they called it P.O.D., Problems of Democracy. I should have called it Problems of the Republic because it was not a, it's not a democracy, it's a republic. But at any rate, we, used, we had to pass that to get in high school. To get out of high school, you had to pass that. I think that's a reasonable assumption. Of course, that will make the liberals' heads explode. What would be entailed in a class that you have to pass to get a degree in Ohio, in an Ohio university or college? Well... The courses would have to have the following mandatory reading list. Constitution of the United States. Declaration of Independence. Minimum of five essays in their entirety from the Federalist Papers. Emancipation Proclamation. Gettysburg Address. Letter from a Birmingham jail written by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I do notice a deplorable lack of uh, anti-racism by Ibram X. Kendi. On the list, Dr. Kendi, also known by his birth name, Henry Rogers, would probably say that that book needs to be on the list. But sorry, not so. Uh, Students who take advanced placement in high school could pass out of it if you've proven you've already taken it as a college credit plus class. Okay, so I think very reasonable. You know who doesn't think it's reasonable? Shockingly. Uh, Pete Van Leer, who is as woke as all outdoors. I've seen Pete on Twitter before. I've had my Twitter rouse with Pete before. Uh, He is a, oh, I like this. He's a researcher for Policy Matters Ohio. You know, coincidentally, Pete, I'm a researcher for 98.9 The Answer and 94.5. Anybody who reads is a researcher. Sounds fancy, not really that fancy. He says, this seems to be legislators meddling in the work of educators. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. And sets a dangerous precedent. It always does, doesn't it? Anytime we want any oversight to what they're doing with our kids, it's always a dangerous precedent. We don't want drag shows. Dangerous precedent. We don't want them cutting off healthy breast tissues or vital organs on boys. Dangerous precedent. It's always a dangerous precedent. Mm. Except it's not. And here, Pete Van Leer does his Terry McAuliffe running for Virginia impersonation. I'm not sure legislators should be mandating what's taught in Ohio colleges and universities. 
Well, who should? That would be my question. Who should? Like, if lawmakers can't make laws, Pete, who should make the laws? Oh, I know. Policy Matters Ohio should make the laws. You, in other words. I mean, that is what legislators do, isn't it? They make laws. That's what we elect them to do. But Pete does not want them doing that. Uh, Now, lest you think that this is a right-wing conspiracy, uh, Mr. Siriano, in his bill, said universities and colleges would have to, quote, guarantee that faculty and staff allow and encourage students to reach their own conclusions about all controversial matters and shall not seek to inculcate any social, political, or religious point of view. So you can go into class, and all they're asking you to do is read and study the Constitution, read and study the Declaration of Independence, read and study the the Emancipation Proclamation letters from a Birmingham jail. And if you want to come out of there thinking that you are still owed reparations like they think they are in San Francisco, you are free to do so. You are free to do so. The key word in that sentence is free. You are free. But the way it works now, in Pete Van Leer's special little world that he's created for himself, is that the professors only have to present one side, and you're only allowed to express one side in class. Otherwise, what happens to you is what happened to that federal judge when he went to Stanford Law School. Even though he's one step below the Supreme Court, he was howled at, shouted down, insulted, and endangered because, after all, what could a judge who's one step away from being named to the Supreme Court have worth a law student hearing? You know, when the Watergate break-in happened in the uh, 1970s, uh, the initial stories on it were buried inside the Washington Post. Very small. Then it mushroomed, of course, into the resignation of an American president. And, uh, by the way, the uh, resignation of a vice president in advance of that. Uh, Well, similarly, this is not getting much headlines today. But it is, I think, very significant and could lead to bigger headlines later. The House Oversight Committee, the one chaired by James Comer of Kentucky, the one looking into... Uh, Hunter Biden's business dealings as they touch Joe Biden. So it's not a Hunter Biden investigation. It's a Biden crime family investigation. Uh, The Treasury Department has been fighting them since Comer and the Republicans took control of the House, thus getting control of House oversight, thus instituting an investigation into Hunter Biden, which you will note was not undertaken At any point in the two years, Democrats were in charge of oversight. They had no interest in looking into Hunter Biden's laptop and all the various documentation on communication apps and other things of money transferred from China to Biden's personal account, the Biden Center for Money Laundering in Washington, D.C., where the classified documents were found. Well, now the Treasury Department has relented. Uh, They have agreed to provide House oversight with all documentation showing uh, basically all bank matters, which were flagged by the banks as suspicious activity. So when something happens, a bunch of money comes into your account, it comes from a foreign agent, the banks, and I know they're not very well regulated, flash back to the events of earlier in the week. But they have to issue a suspicious activity report. There's some amount of money 
that if you take it out of your account or put it into your account, it triggers a suspicious activity report. And so the House Oversight Committee said to Treasury, hey, we want to know if there were any suspicious activity reports from any banks in which the Biden family had dealings. If the answer is no, well then, this whole investigation is a red herring. But if there's a bunch of them, uh, we would like to see them. This is how they found out in the audio I played for you the other day that there was a $3 million deposit basically routed through some intermediary, a guy named Walker, and that that $3 million then, so it, come in, it came into his account, oh, suspicious activity report, but sorry, no Biden. Well, it turns out he wasn't very smart because he put a million in three different Biden family accounts. So they had that report, but they know there are more, and they want to see them, and Treasury has said, no, you can't see them. Well, now Treasury is saying, okay, we give. Now, why did they say, okay, we give? They turned on poor Joe Biden? Uh, No. Comer and the Republicans threatened to hold a hearing and conduct a transcribed interview with an official from the Treasury Department under penalty of perjury. So there's a limit how far the Democrats will go to save Joe Biden's bacon. And it that limit extends to where uh, they are no longer able to save their own bacon. Yes, Pam. Flag uh, flag transactions of at least 5,000 are flagged as suspicious. $5,000. why I have no flag transactions <laughs> yeah, with neither. the Treasury Department at right. the moment. Uh, now, I said today we were going to talk about lawsuits in the first hour, and we were going to talk about bad decisions leading to big problems in the second hour. Today there is a case before a federal judge in Texas that could... Oh, this this is just too delicious to contemplate, what this will do to the left. You thought it was bad when Roe versus Wade was overturned and we had, like, women on TikTok screaming at the top of their lungs in their car and posting videos. Uh, a federal judge in Texas is hearing testimony right now that could outlaw the um, prescribing of the abortion drug Mifepristone. This is a lawsuit brought by Alliance Defending Freedom, good guys, arguing that Mifepristone comes with medical risks and should be pulled from the market. Now, if you saw the movie Unplanned, and I know it's a movie, but if you saw the movie Unplanned about Abby Johnson, the fantastic pro-life advocate who used to be an abortion clinic worker and an abortion advocate, Uh, You saw in that movie a very dramatic presentation of what mifepristone can do to a woman. It basically causes them to miscarry the child, and I don't want to get graphic, but it can be very ugly, very painful as well. So Alliance Defending Freedom brought this lawsuit saying this drug is not safe. I think we have no idea how many women have medical complications from this drug because the sad fact of the matter is our morality in this country has reached a point where Mifepristone is uh, birth control. You may take birth control. You may not. You get pregnant. Eh, I'll take Mifepristone. We'll kill the child. It's um, very, very sad that we are at that point in this country, but we are inarguably at that point. If the judge rules in favor, Mifepristone could be banned 
nationwide, creating what abortion access advocates have called severe consequences on people's ability to access critical abortion and miscarriage care. Yes, yes. The ruling could bar health care providers from prescribing mifepristone. Here's the best part. Even in states where abortion is legal. Sorry, New York. Sorry, California. Sorry, New Jersey. Uh, 64.5 million, if you think I'm overstating the fact that it's used as birth control, 64.5 million women of reproductive age uh, want access to mifepristone, according to an analysis by NARAL, which they probably exaggerated it because they're abortion ghouls. And there's beefing on the left that this hearing has been kept quiet. And the judge said that he kept it quiet because he didn't want a dog and pony show at his court. He didn't want a bunch of screaming, crazy people showing up at his court. What do we know about this judge? He's the only judge. The case was filed in Amarillo, Texas, where this judge, Matthew Kazmarek, is the only judge. And he's a Trump appointee. And he has a history of conservative rulings. Legal experts say this was no accident. You think? (laughs) And part of a strategy to decimate abortion medication nationwide. Yes. Yes. You're on to us. Now, what if the case is decided and mifepristone is outlawed and then it's appealed? It would be appealed to the right-leaning Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Right-leaning. And if it is appealed again, it would end up in the U.S. Supreme Court, which is also right-leaning. Oh, lovely. Now, if you are pro-abortion and you are mad about this and you say, it's not fair, it's not fair, need I remind you that we have a heartbeat bill in the state of Ohio. And the heartbeat bill outlaws abortion at the point in the development of a baby where its heartbeat can be detected. And you stopped the heartbeat bill with one activist judge in Cincinnati, Christian, bleh, not accurately named, Jenkins. So don't be complaining about activist judges.